0: Welcome to The Leader, The Evening Standard's daily news, analysis and opinion podcast. Subscribe to make sure you hear it every day at 4pm. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland.
1: Is America retreating from NATO? I understand he sees NATO as a drain. And wonders why the United States would need such an organization. Our US
0: correspondent David Gardner speaks to us as Donald Trump appears to be mocked by Canada's PM and snubbed by Princess Anne. Also.
2: Well, they have unanimously agreed to award a 2019 Turner Prize to the collective formed by the four nominees.
0: What's the point of the Turner Prize if everyone wins? Arts correspondent Robert Dex on the shock announcement that came as no surprise. Taken from the Evening Standard editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, NATO is 70. Do we still need it?
3: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
2: Peace is a pledge that we will come to one another's defence, all for one, one for all.
0: Boris Johnson invoked the Three Musketeers as he reaffirmed the UK's commitment to NATO, which is holding its conference in Watford right now but after 70 years, other members are being less effusive in their support for an alliance that's starting to show a few cracks. Our editorial column wonders what the future holds for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization.
3: Born in the aftermath of the Second World War, the creation of NATO in 1949 achieved what a previous generation had failed to secure after the First World War. The United States was bound into the ongoing security of Western Europe. That we need reminding is a measure of its success, as it celebrates its 70th birthday. The party was almost ruined in advance by Emmanuel Macron when he described the alliance as brain-dead. Mr Macron has raised the elephant-sized nuclear missile in the room. Is the US as committed to the unquestioning and unflinching defence of NATO's European members as it was a generation ago?
0: A US correspondent, David Gardner's in LA. David, is President Trump interested in NATO?
1: Um, that's questionable. I mean, he's privately said a number of times, apparently, that he wants to withdraw from NATO, uh, which would please Mr Putin and, and, and some other critics of the organisation and, and has sent kind of quivers of fear down the backs of, of, of other countries, really. I understand he sees NATO as a drain and wonders why the United States would need such an organisation.
0: There are videos of Donald Trump apparently being mocked by Justin Trudeau. Princess Anne appearing to shrug off the Queen telling her to meet the President. Emmanuel Macron's had a testy time with him. What does America make of how its President's being treated at the NATO summit?
1: It depends on your point of view. He still has vast support back here. Equally, you know, there's vast opposition too. I think there is some sort of honest embarrassment about the way he presents the country. Certainly, On the coasts, where kind of most of the Democrat opposition tends to be, Uh, in the vast heartland of America, there's always a feeling with Trump that he's refusing to be bullied, that he won't get pushed around. Um, And they see this kind of behaviour as a sign of strength.
0: Back home, the impeachment inquiry is moving into a new phase. What can we expect from that?
1: Today in Washington, there will be the beginning of the Judiciary Committee hearings. That's a new phase. Um, Up until now, it's been the um, Intelligence Committee. Now, the way it's going to go is pretty clear at the moment. The House is Democrat-controlled, so it's very likely that the Judiciary Committee uh, will indeed um, find that um, Mr Trump uh, is guilty uh, of impeachable crimes. Um, The case then switches across to the upper chamber, the Senate, which is Republican-led. Um, so unless there's a major sea change in opinion within the Republican Party, it's quite likely that the Republicans will hold sway and that the um, impeachment process will be derailed and um, Mr Trump will be cleared and carry on to fight re-election, whatever he plans to do.
0: Next,
2: the people who have perhaps taken umbrage the most are, are critics who find the entire notion of a prize being awarded to everyone um, offensive.
0: Arts correspondent Robert Dex on the Turner Prize, which went to everyone.
3: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium.
0: That the Turner Prize went to all four on the shortlist seemed to come as a surprise to Vogue's editor Edward Ennenfull, who was at the ceremony in Margate to open the winner's envelope. Presumably, everyone's name was on it, because Lawrence Abu Hamdan, Ty Shani, Oscar Murillo and Helen Cammock had decided to form a collective – as miss camack explained
3: none of us had met each other prior to the turner prize nomination but on our initial meeting in margate we quickly realized the shared ethos that runs across our otherwise very different practices when there is already so much that divides people we feel strongly motivated to use the occasion of the prize to make a collective statement in the name of commonality multiplicity and solidarity in art, as in society.
0: Our arts correspondent, Robert Dex, is here. And Robert,
2: what happened? Um, well, it wasn't so much down to the Turner Prize. I mean, the artist basically wrote to the judges and said, we feel there is nothing to divide us. Um, these are horribly divided times. We want to come together and win as one. And the judges agreed. I mean, it, it did put them in a slightly difficult position, obviously, in that the, the four artists all said they wanted to be considered together. Um, it would have been maybe interesting if they decided not to do that. Um, but yeah, no, the, all, all four nominees decided to share the prize and the prize was shared.
0: That is interesting actually because I wonder if they could have said no. When you've got that kind of a united front in front of you, what would have happened there? I,
2: I suppose that was probably the fear. If we say no and they all say, well in that case we withdraw and we're half an hour away from giving out the award, what on earth do we do? The show had to go on and I imagine that was probably at the forefront of their minds. How's the art world and as a whole reacted to this? Um, the art world as a whole, is isn't surprised. Um, the Turner Prize has a habit of causing controversy. That's almost really the, what it's there for. Um, the people who have perhaps taken umbrage the most are, are critics who by their nature, obviously want to point out that some works are stronger than others and some artists are more important than others. And I think they find the entire notion of of, of a prize being awarded to everyone um offensive to, to put it mildly um i mean this is the art world you know they they will talk about it they will argue about it um which is kind of the turner prizes
0: job really it's getting everybody talking isn't it and they've they've done that again this year and like you said it's kind of what the turner prize is all about so they're probably a little bit quite pleased at the headlines and the coverage again
2: um, I'm, I'm sure they are i mean what i would say i'd spare a thought for next year's judges and next year's shortlist because as soon as the shortlist and the winner is announced some annoying so-and-so like me will stand up at the press conference and say, did you think about sharing it? Why haven't you shared it? Um, and you know, it, it will cast a shadow over next year.
0: And the artworks themselves were the all deserving of an award.
2: Some were stronger than others. I mean, prizes are always difficult. I mean, we saw this with the Booker Prize as well. It, it does come down to people's opinions. Um, hopefully, next year, it will come down to opinion and somebody will be a winner because I think we're starting to get down a slightly dodgy road where everyone is winning and nobody is, uh, nobody loses and if you do that where do you stop and actually what is the point of having these prizes?
0: And that's the leader. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts and do try out our audio news bulletins. You can get them through smart speakers by asking for the news from the Evening Standard. The podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.